Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Game. I'm your host, Michael, and with me, as always, is my main man, Taylor. Taylor, what's going on, buddy? Man, I am doing pretty darn good. I am ready to get into some video game news today. I'm also a little disappointed because I've been really into Starfield, and this is taking me away from Starfield. So, Oh, man. Well, I... You and I talked about it earlier. Um, You're like, what, your second or third playthrough or something like that? I am, okay, so real quick, I'm in my second character. I I restarted the game about 20 levels in. I was like a level 20. I wasn't at the end of the game or anything. But I was like, man, I don't really like my background or traits. I don't like what I'm putting my skills into. I'm just going to (laughs) start. I was that early on, so I restarted. I have a background traits I like. Not getting into any spoilers, but I am on like New Game Plus three. Wow, that sounds like wow, but it's really not. Once you beat the game, it does become like, hey, do you want to beat it again? All right, it takes about thirty forty minutes to beat it again if you really wanted to. So it's Wait, not what? like that crazy. I can't see. This is where it's it's hard to talk spoilers here. I might talk to you about it off air if you're still wanting to hear it. But uh, yeah, it's it's really ambitious and really good. I really like the way they did New Game Plus. Oh man! See, now I want to go back and actually finish uh, Starfield. I still haven't finished it yet because. Unfortunately, being a video game journalist, I have like tons of other things I have to look at and go through. So it's like, oh, I don't have time to like get through all the big games that I really want to get through. Uh, Redfall just got their 60 frames uh, update. Which we'll be talking about today. Yeah, we got a lot to get into. Uh, and, you know, uh, certain betas that I got into that I want to that I wanted to play and all kinds of stuff, which we also be talking about another beta today too. So Taylor, how about you know everything we talk about right now is is it, it goes with our show. So how about we just go ahead and get into what's on our docket for today? The Last of Us Part Two Remastered could be in the works. The now canceled live service shooter game Hyenas was reportedly Sega's biggest budget game ever. Telltale Games has confirmed, sadly, reports of layoffs at the company. And for our main topic, Taylor, how about you go ahead and take it away? Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, we do want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit and if anyone wants to read further about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note that you should take rumors or reports we cover with a grain of salt until they are officially confirmed or denied. Of course, some reports and rumors will be more reliable, but nothing is 100% in the gaming industry until it is properly announced, and sometimes, even then, it might get canned in the future. Hence the hyena story we're going to be talking about later. With that disclaimer out of the way, here is our main topic of the week. Bethesda has started their quest to turn Redfall into a good game. You guys like what I did there? I was pretty proud of it. Uh, As the title suggested, Bethesda has put out an update for Redfall that adds 60 frames per second, stealth takedowns, new controller settings, accessibility improvements, and more. Even though this update looks like a great first step, we can't ignore how dire it is getting for Redfall. Prior to this update, the game's Steam numbers were nothing short of dreadful, with a peak of 38 players and a low of 3 players on the game at the same time. I also do want to say, like, this isn't good. It's it's bad. And this not to editorialize this already, but it's not the end-all be-all. Because there is other platforms, primarily Xbox and Game Pass. So it's not like, oh, it's three players total on the game. That's just on Steam. Like, hell, I think some numbers just came out about Starfield. And they're pretty good on Steam. And that's not even counting Game Pass and Xbox. So it's taking, basically what I'm saying is take that with a grain of salt. It's not good, but it's not, probably not as absolutely doom and gloom as it looks if that makes sense 
but recently, Bethesda's Pete Hines doubled down on Redfall and pledged that Bethesda remained committed to turning Redfall into a good game. Personally, I think it's doubtful that we'll see any huge improvements in, guard, in regards to reception and popularity anytime soon. But I do think it's a really solid first step in the right direction. Michael, do you agree, or do you think it's just too late for Redfall? Uh, you know, nowadays in this industry, I wouldn't say anything is too late. You know, one game that you and I uh, always bring up with these kind of things as one of those uh, is not the exception. I mean, I'm sorry, it's not the rule, but the exception uh, It's always No Man's Sky. Um, you know, that's one game that you actually really enjoy, even though you will openly admit that it did not launch in the best of state. Uh, so I wouldn't really say that it's too late. Uh, the hype is definitely gone, especially now that Starfield is out. You know, everybody's going to be focusing when it comes to Game Pass on Starfield um, and what kind of updates they're going to get. And fans like myself who was waiting on Redfall, you know, yeah, we feel kind of bad about it. It's like, oh, man, this is a game we were hyping up and it turned out to be complete garbage. Well, not complete garbage, but like it didn't live up to the expectations some people would say complete garbage. Do want to throw that in. <laughs> some people would say I mean, Some that. people would say that, yeah. And to also help your what you're saying with there's a lot out there for people to play, and you were just talking in terms of Xbox with the big game they have, Starfield. There's also yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. There's also Spider-Man 2 coming out here soon. There's also Baldur's Gate 3. Cyberpunk 2077, they just had a very massive expansion that has yeah, a lot their of people 2.0 playing. update. Yeah, so it's it's there's a lot out there to play. So you're 100% right talking about like the popularity isn't there. So whatever you're doing now, it's probably not going to catch fire. If that makes sense. Like you're going to have to keep improving and wait for you to release an update at the right time. Just like I think No Man's Sky did, right? They kept improving the game and kept releasing updates. And then one of these updates, it was the right time, right place, no massive games around it. And I think the gaming community looked at it and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean you guys have been improving the game? And I think Redfall could be that. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be that way for them because, uh, you know, they're still going to be releasing expansions. They're releasing new characters. So all it's going to take is for, like, a, like you said, a big update to catch fire and i think it's going to be when they do an expansion it was like all right yes we know it was not a good launch uh but we've been getting everything right especially in prepare, uh, preparation for this expansion uh and they're gonna have to make a big deal about this expansion they're gonna have to prove that hey all that all that improvement all the quality and life improvement that we were making it's worth it because here's this expansion here's why you should be excited again and that expansion i think is going is, is what's going to have people look at redfall again and actually pay attention to it and play it again. Because uh, just doing a, oh yeah, we have 60 frames per second on the consoles now. And, you know, there's more, uh, there's more, inter there's more interaction activities out in the open world now. Because that's one of the problems that I and so many people had was that the open world felt kind of empty. Every now and again, you run into a vampire or even like a small group of humans and it was whatever. Uh, so I haven't played it yet. I'm going to update it. And I, I wanted to do, I wanted to do it before we started recording. But again, I got so busy with everything else, I, I didn't get a chance to actually look at it. So hey, who knows, maybe next week we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, it, it's gonna take that one big expansion. And I think that's gonna be the thing that gets people to look at Redfall again, and hopefully in a better light. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's like, I don't mean to sound like a broken record. I just think it's gonna be a thing where we're not gonna see the dividends for a while. So. It's going to be put to the test if Bethesda was legit about, like, yeah, we're not abandoning this. Because it's going yeah. to take time, and you're going to be putting out updates and a lot of, most likely, I would assume, good work with the game. Great improvements to it. Without a lot of... Hopefully. Hopefully. That's the idea, anyways. A lot of huge improvements to it, but without a lot of press. If that makes sense. Not with, without a lot of fanfare until, like you were saying, that big update comes along at the right time, at the right place, 
and that's your chance. So we're going to see if Bethesda can remain committed. I hope they do because a lot of people were excited for Redfall, including my co-host here. And I do hope <laughs> that, especially also, we're going to be talking about leadership, right? Later on in the show. We're going to be talking about how the gaming industry is so unstable, and it's that way for a while. And like, why some games fail is not just because, oh, developers were too lazy and they didn't want to do this. There's so many reasons. I'm not saying sometimes that's not the case, but it's every game is different. And you look at Redfall and that development cycle, man, it was, it seemed like hell. It seemed doomed. Yeah. So I'm hoping for the best from them. I hope it all works out. And to be honest, uh, at launch, it did not seem like the game was ready for launch. It felt like one of those things like, hey, we we have a tight schedule. You know, we're trying to get this game out uh, and like hold our time out before uh, Starfield comes out. So we need something. So we have to release this game now. Honestly, I kind of wish they did push it back until October for like a Halloween kind of thing. Maybe that would have been a lot better for them. But then again, I guess they want to put it out before it had to compete with Starfield. So, yeah, it's just this game did not seem like it was ready for launch. You ready again to our other stories of the week? Yes, let's do this. The Last of Us Part 2 remaster could be in the works. This story stems from a job description over on Naughty Dog's developer Mark Pajarilos. And I hope I said that right. LinkedIn profile which was spotted first by Insider Gaming. Here's what this description says. Quote, Responsible for overseeing the production of all outsourced environment, art assets, weapons, and interactive props for two iconic titles, The Last of Us Part 1 and The Last of Us Part... I'm sorry, The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. End quote. The Last of Us Part 2 was first released in 2020. While remasters of last-gen games to the new-gen aren't necessarily out of the ordinary, it is interesting to hear that The Last of Us Part 2 is potentially set for a remaster. Taylor, what are your thoughts on this, and do you think it's a little early for such a remaster? I, I'm i kind of on the fence about this, because if you ask me, like, okay, as a person who plays video games, do you think it's way too early? My answer is yes. If you're telling me, like, hey, think, like, in terms of business, is it wise to put out a remaster for the PlayStation 5 after releasing the game three years ago? The TV show is still going strong. Season 2 is, I think it's about to probably restart development. Because isn't the writer's, the writer's strike is over. I think the writer strike is also about to be over. Uh, well, they're still in discussions with Zach after, but the WGA is, uh, okay. they did reach a, a deal with them. So... If that gets handled and everything, then you would assume Last of Us Part 2 would also begin production and all that stuff. Or Last of Us Season 2, which is going to be Part (laughs) 2. So, releasing a remaster around the time that the TV show is going strong and hugely popular is a smart call. And the same thing for releasing it on this new platform, the PS5, smart call. But again, as somebody who just, if you ask me, hey man, you're a gamer, what do you think? Yeah, it's a little quick, ain't it? Yeah, um, I know they did the same thing with Spider-Man, uh, when the Miles Morales uh, came out, Spider-Man Miles Morales. They, uh, put it in with Spider-Man Remastered. They changed Peter's face, and that was, Oh uh, yeah, they made it, they made it. <laughs> divisive man, among fans. I'm telling you, man, that Spider-Man game is just filled with controversy, man. Puddle gate. <laughs> for as good gate. as it is, yeah. and for as good as, like, people <laughs> people talk about Marvel Spider-Man in such high regard. With reviews, the fan reception, such high regard. But you are right, man. <laughs> so many weird controversies around it. It's so, yeah, it's so strange. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, um... It, you know, a lot of people thought it was too early for that. It just—it was just a quality of life update, really. Um, but when it comes to something like this, The Last of Us Part Two, I think it would have just been fine if they called it The Last of Us Part Two P 
PS5 edition or something or next gen edition. I, I don't I don't really know. But calling it part two remastered does leave a bad taste in uh, any gamer's mouth because, yeah, it's way too early. Three years is not four years when the game does actually eventually release. Uh, it's not enough time for you to make it a remaster. Just do an update to where if I have The Last of Us Part 2 and I play it on my PS5, it just automatically updates to this new edition. Uh, it really is. It really does just feel like marketing at this point. It doesn't really feel like it's doing it because, hey, we have uh, this new tech and we want to apply it to some of our old games. It's kind of like practice because that's what the, that's what they do a lot of times. Like they, they use their newer engine. They use their old games for the newer engine. Uh, so they could train some of the newer guys, uh, some of the newer team members, so they can actually show like, hey, this is what we can do and, you know, get it out the gate. And hey, maybe make, make a little bit of money back for the resources. Right. But with this, it does not feel like it deserves a remaster. It doesn't feel like it's time for a remaster. And it really does feel like they're just doing it to kind of like milk the last of us name and it's all marketing. So, yeah, for me, I really do think it's a little too early for that. Yeah, I think it now on the head in regards to like what are you adding to this remaster exactly? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of improvements from last gen to next gen. I'm not saying there aren't. It's just man even Marvel Spider Man, there was a thing where, yeah, we're changing Peter's face. As small as that is, that at least felt like, okay, I'm getting something out of it. I think you also got the DLC too with it. So yeah, you got all you, the DLC, yep. Yeah, so it felt like a game of the year edition kind of thing. Yeah. But this, man, you're right. It was it's let's just say this is true. Let's just say this is coming out in twenty twenty four. Four years. What? <laughs> like really? I don't know, man. It just it's very soon. Maybe this is a thing where it's in the works, but we're still a few years out. Like they're keeping it on the back burner. Maybe until yeah. the last of a season two comes out. And I assume that's going to be a while because it seems like they're really wanting to take their time with it. So maybe 2025, 2026, which is a little easier to digest. A little bit, just a little bit. Well, the thing is, if you're going to call it a remaster, it, that thing better be like, 4k 60 frames ray tracing <laughs> and, and all, all like give me the bells and whistles all right like make it feel like it's a remaster i don't care about it it doesn't have to be a remake because nowadays you have to make the distinction between a remake and a remaster because before kids when we when we when we heard that a game was getting remastered it was oh yeah they're gonna hype up the resolution the frame rate's gonna be better controls are gonna be smoother like it was actually like it felt like a remastered version of the game that you love and then it's like oh no we're going to do remakes to where we built everything from the ground up with a new engine for a new system like okay that's pretty cool but uh i don't know man the last of us part two was already a fantastic looking game i don't know what's going to be remade or remastered with that with the exception of like a resolution bump maybe yeah i, I seriously have no idea what they could do with it Hey, Taylor, you know what's worse than a remaster coming out within three years of its initial release? What's that? A game not getting released despite being pretty much finished. And that leads us into our next story of Hyenas, which was reportedly Sega's most expensive game ever. Good transition. Thank you. <laughs> it came to me last second. Last week, we briefly talked about Sega canceling the live service looter shooter Hyenas. It was an out of nowhere announcement, but now. We may have more details. Total War YouTuber Valound, and I hope I said that right. It, sounds, it seems like Valium, but it's with O-U-N-D. Posted a video covering the cancellation of the game and featured comments from anonymous developers detailing what went wrong. VGC would later corroborate the claims. One developer said, quote, see what went wrong. So I'm sorry, quote, so what went wrong? Total lack of direction. Me and the leadership asleep at the wheel, but that, but they never seem to lose their jobs. An engine change partway through the process, attempted to break into a saturated market, 
and not committing to do anything adventurous with the game, end quote. This is seriously the tip of the iceberg in regards to the ambitious plans and claims of pure le- I'm sorry, of poor leadership. Both Valorant, I really do hope I said that right, and I apologize if I didn't, and VGC spoke about the game's budget. But I want to single out a lengthy exception from VGC's report on the story. And here we go. Quote, Sources also confirmed that while Hyenas was originally planned as a premium game, by the time it was cancelled, it had transitioned to a free-to-play model with microtransactions, though very limited post-release support had actually been designed. Hyenas is believed to have been one of the super games Sega often referred to in its financial results. Ambitious, big-budgeted titles it hoped would pay off with big sales in the future. Sega claimed in November 2021 that it would consider investing up to 100 billion yen or 882 million US dollars over five years to achieve its super game ambitions, which would cover the development of multiple projects. Although it's not public knowledge how much Sega invested in hyenas, former developers told VGC they believe it was the, it was the company's biggest budget ever for a game beating 1999's Shinmu, which was once a claim to have cost around $70 million, end quote. Whew, oh, what a wild story from top to bottom. We didn't go over everything here, so be sure to check out Valolin, and I really do hope I said the name right, and if I didn't, I apologize, and VGC's report for yourselves. Taylor, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's Voland, but that's just... Is it Voland? I think so. Okay. But... Man, you talked about this last week briefly, and I really didn't know anything about the game, and truth be told, I still don't know a whole lot about the game, but hearing all of this, watching that video from Voland, and then reading the report from VGC, it is freaking wild. Like, this is what we were talking about, right? This is what we've been talking about for however long we've been doing this podcast. Whenever there's a story about, yeah, this game didn't work. And you and I are always like, yeah, let's see what it, the reason was. Let's not jump to the conclusion that it was this one thing or the other. Because it seems like this was a case to where leadership couldn't commit to anything. And it just kept ballooning and ballooning and it kept getting out of reach. And you hear some of these specific things that were talked about and how at one point, I believe one of the, uh, one anonymous developer told Voland, like, uh, there was a direction they took for the game. I think it was the, I'm trying to remember the direct quote, but it was like the hero shooter, like, we don't give a fuck attitude vibe from the characters. I think that's what it was. And oh, the oh, developer was like, hey, we're just kind of just glad that there's a direction. <laughs> now, it might not have been for that like specific thing, like the vibe of the game, but I like hearing that quote is wild. <laughs> like somebody who clearly didn't care for the direction the game was in, but they were still somewhat relieved because, hey, at least we have somewhere we're going. Yeah. But Michael, man, what are your thoughts on this? So I knew a couple things about Hyenas. Uh, I actually played the closed beta and it wasn't bad. I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, it, it seemed like they had high energy with the characters. Uh, the world was chaotic and energetic, very colorful. Um, the map, I think, could use some work. Uh, the maps felt a little to open and close and clutter at the same time somehow. Uh, it was a maze and it was just really weird to try to navigate through it. Uh, but I really got that 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 uh Borderlands kind of vibe with them. They can they felt like they went with the whole oh all our characters are like psychotic and goofy and they don't take anything seriously and the heist is just a thing that they want to do uh, kind of appeal, you know? It didn't really seem like they had that oh, I'm a rough and gruff Call of Duty badass. It, it really kind of had that Borderlands feel to it with a character just like, yeah, I, I just want to I just want to shoot and loot shit and you know, have a good time and have fun. Uh, so I actually liked the directions that they had going for it. Now, 
Uh, I did hear about that they had a problem between trying to make it a full title game, well, a premium game or a free to play game. Uh, and I could definitely see why they had a problem going free to play because at least what they've shown in the beta, there was nothing in there that screamed, this needs a shop or this needs microtransaction. It really felt like they were focused on giving these characters personalities and making it that, and just make it just that, you know, like right then and there. It seemed like it was supposed to be a fun little uh, three to four player co-op kind of shooter thing where you could uh, face other players. It was a PvEVP kind of thing. So it definitely had some cool ideas to it. The biggest one being the zero gravity, which I didn't really care for because I felt, I felt it was kind of clunky. But a lot of people had fun with it. And, you know, yeah, I can see why. It is pretty cool. Uh, when you're in the middle of a firefight and someone just turns on the zero, the zero G uh, on the map, on well, on that one section of the map, and now all of a sudden everybody's uh, floating and shooting because your ability to aim down the sights uh, is, is tad different. So your gameplay changes with the gravity, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, so from the little bit that I know of Hyenas, uh, it had like a closed alpha, which people love. The beta people liked it. like. It, it was there. It had an audience. It was pretty small because, again, they had a closed alpha and closed beta, uh, but they had people interested. So I am I was really taken aback when I heard that Sega was just downright canceling a game that felt like it was almost ready to ship. Like I didn't run into any bugs. Uh, There's some frame rate issues here and there, but that could have just been my computer and everything felt good. The shooting felt right. Um, It didn't feel like it was taking too long for uh for players to be able to break into the vault and grab stuff uh the characters could have used some kind of balance but you know it was a beta so of course that's a test out everything so yeah i am perplexed by this decision by sega and it makes now i'm interested even more of what went down that sega was spend all this money on here because you when you do a live service game it's not going to be cheap uh, and I just want to know what they were doing with this investment to where all of a sudden they just said, hey, we're just going to pull the plug. We're going to well, that's the thing. the bullet. Well, that's the thing. They don't know what they were doing. That's what it seems like from this. No, I mean the Sega high-ups when they like, like, what did they see to where okay. they were like, oh, yeah, no, we, we, we're just going to have to bite the bullet, eat this loss. Oh, to where they were like, let's not even try. Yeah, let's not even yeah, try to release okay. this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, man, compared to what we've seen and what we played, I, I, I want to see, <laughs> I want to see what the higher ups saw to where they decided, no, screw that, let's just, let's just eat the loss. Like it wasn't even worth putting out to, yeah. attempt to fix later down the line. Like that was just for them. Or, no, worse, worse than that, Taylor, to not even try to grab as much money as they can. Yeah. Like, like, like with these corporations, they'd be like, oh, yeah, it's not very good, but we could probably market this into our favor. No, Sega was just like, yeah, no, we're just going to, we're, we're just going to eat this loss. So like, yeah, now I'm wondering, like, they even attempt to try to make a cash grab. They just downright killed it. Well, I got another quote here from an anonymous developer um, reading off the VGC article. So, Quote, in the early days, Hyenas aimed for a lovable rogues vibe, surviving in a messed up world controlled by the elite, channeling Han Solo with a bit of Firefly for good measure. It sounded intriguing, but the details were vague. Earth was in ruins, the rich had everything, steel to survive, a gritty sci-fi setting with a touch of NASA, end quote. And then what I find very, very interesting here, and just really just insane, is Neil Blomkamp, the director of District 9, Elysium, and I believe the original Alien. He visited the studio in 2019, and he was a fan of Alien, Alien Isolation, and he went to visit the studio, and here's a quote about Blomkamp's visit. Quote, He comes to visit the studio, and he's shown what we're up to. He has some ideas of a direction to take it in, basically that you're 
not stealing to survive, but Netflix slash uh, Steam, etc. doesn't exist anymore. So DVD, box sets, music, games, all that physical media is now super valuable. End quote. And here's another one real quick. Quote, he also had that idea of inserting a lot of internet humor and stuff. He even made a mood video to show what he was thinking. And to be honest, after that period of what the fuck are we doing here, it was a real shot in the arm to have some direction. The project so often <laughs> felt utterly uh, utterly rudderless. Wow. I think I should have just hired Blumkamp then. <laughs> that's... It, it that's again, man. It goes back to what we've been saying. How every game is different, and it was an idea, a very interesting idea. They wanted it to be its own thing. They thought, like, hey, maybe we're not going to be the greatest thing out there, but it's going to be unique. It's going to be special. We're going to carve out something. But somehow along the way, this guy just ballooned into it's got to be the next Destiny. It's got to be the next Escape from Tarkov. It's got to be the next big thing. And it just seemed like it fell right on its face. And I, I agree with you 100%. Maybe I missed something watching Volan's video or reading this article, but I am still perplexed on why Sega pulled the plug before even attempting to just put it out and see what happens. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, now I, I want to see an episode of what happened from uh, Mac McMuscles. He's another YouTuber. He says some great stuff. Um, I, now I want to see an episode of what happened <laughs> uh, for this one. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to check out Volan's uh, page. Um, but, yeah, so I like that idea because now the whole thing with a lot of gamers now is preservation. You know, that's a big deal right now. Hyenas could have gone that route. It was like preservation. Like, hey, we developers, we believe in that too. Uh, it's the corporates that don't really care about it because then they can come back and recharge you for something that you've already had. Uh, so like, yeah, they could have done a cool thing to where it was a whole thing about preservation where you're going back, you're taking DVDs and Blu-rays and CDs and VHSs and cool little collectibles that you can't find anymore. And that could have been really cool if because they already had stuff like... Uh, like some Sega Easter eggs, like Sonic the Hedgehog, and and uh, even like a little old Sega handheld. I think they had they had some kind of handheld in there. Uh, they could have done that to where they could have made a bunch of parodies, like like Nintendo's uh, VR headset or or the PSP and the PS Vita. You know, stuff that you probably can't like have a hard time finding. The Atari systems, like, all kinds of cool stuff. And yeah, it'd been like, oh, it's all nostalgia, but it's like, yeah, but. It's all cool nostalgia for uh, preservation. It's nostalgia put into the game, like part of the gameplay. So like that could have been really cool. So yeah, maybe they could have just hired uh, Neil to <laughs> to help with the game <laughs> because man, that sounds really cool and fun. It just sounds like this was going to be a dumpster fire, and I know you said that you had fun with it, based on all these quotes that I'm reading as you're talking about the game and what I heard before we uh, recorded while researching this, it seems like there was no confidence in this being a success. I mean, you could tell that in the marketing too. Anytime you saw a marketing thing for Hyena, it was, it was just fast paced, chaotic cuts. And there was no real feel for what the hell it was supposed to be. Like I wasn't even really sure what Hyena was supposed to be. Until I got a chance to play it. And man, yeah, sure, playing is believing. But you know, maybe if they did a better job like showing what hyenas was or what it was supposed to be, it got more people interested. But hearing about this, uh, now I understand why those marketing uh, videos the way that they were. is because they didn't know what the hell it was at first or at second or even now. So yeah, so yeah, that part makes sense to me now. And you know, it's like, dang, another anthem. Where they where there's no real direction and they just Frankenstein something together and hopes that it would work. Yeah, that's not a bad comparison at all. A smaller scale version of Anthem, and by smaller scale, 
I really mean in terms of eyeballs on it, right? Because Anthem there was so many yeah, eyeballs yeah. on it. Everybody was looking at Anthem to be that Destiny killer. And Hyenas was really a game under a lot of people's radar, including myself. I had no idea what this game was until you told me about it last week. Yeah, it's because Sega didn't even really do a good job of letting people know, like, hey, this thing exists. Um, but with that said, yeah, uh, the, yeah, man, Sega's being carried by Atlas at this point. Like, like I was trying to think about the games that Sega actually like makes and publish, other than Sonic. Uh, yeah, Atlas, Atlas is carrying that company. Uh, because I couldn't think about Atlas games that they release. And yeah, their stuff, they they do uh, stuff for Creative Assembly. Uh, what was it? Total War. They make like Total War and stuff like that. Uh, but I don't really pay attention to those games, so that way those those always fly under my radar. Uh, so yeah, when I think about Sonic games, I'm like, yeah. That's that's the only thing that Sega <laughs> will actually release. So, yeah, man, I don't know what these mega games were because Sega also because Sega canceled not only Hyenas but multiple games that they were unannounced that we would never that we would probably never know about, and they're trying to invest. Uh, what did they say? A hundred billion, a hundred billion yen into these mega games? It's like, geez, Sega, at this point. Yeah, like the like the uh, like the employee. I don't know if he's gonna be a former employee soon, but like the developer said, stick to small stuff, man. Because apparently, you guys are not good at creating uh, massive games. And I'm still kind of surprised that Shinmu is was still their highest budget game. I was like, really? Until Shinmu this point. way back in the '90s. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness, Sega. <laughs> Like, no wonder you guys like oh yeah we're profitable yeah now i see why if you're spending less than 70 million uh for your games and it's just like what 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 kind of money are you guys what kind of resources are you putting into your games because that's impressive and ridiculous at the same time it's like wow that's uh that's something else but it probably also explains sonic's team's engine and why it can't do certain things and why sonic's games are always a technical mess and you know, that's a story for another time, but uh, this does says a lot about Sega the company, though. What I find so ironic is the early concept for Hyenas. I would have really dug. I like that idea of a bunch of lovable rogues. Earth has been destroyed. A little touch of NASA into it. A little bit of like, hey, and and some of Neil Blomkamp's ideas apparently sounded pretty cool. I like the idea that, you know, uh, DVD box sets and uh, like physical copies of like VHS tapes or something could be really valuable. Yeah, it's pretty risky. Like even nowadays, if you can find uh, complete box sets of, of old shows that's been taken off the air and delisted. Yeah, man, those things can be pretty valuable to the right person. So I find that very ironic that we got to a point, apparently, to where it was a game that doesn't really have a direction, and it wanted to be so many things, and it wanted to reach like this huge audience, when if you just scaled it down and let the team go, if you let the team's creative vision just flourish... I think you would have got something yeah. pretty unique out of it because I, I I like the idea. Yeah, if you found the if you found the director with vision, you would have been all right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a really unfortunate story. Uh, sadly, the unfortunate stories continue here on this show. Uh, you want ready to move on to our next story? Ah, uh, yes. More more bad news within the industry. Taylor keeps telling you all this. Com- this this industry is super unstable. And our next story continues to prove that, as Telltale Games confirms layoffs at the studio. As mentioned in the title, Telltale Games has confirmed that they are indeed laying off uh, many of their workers at the studio. The news was initially broken by Jonah Huang, who was a cinematic artist at Telltale Games. He sent out a five-tweet thread on X. Here is the first one. We would read out more, but Taylor doesn't have social media and he couldn't see a full statement. So we just have the first tweet for now. Anyway, here it is. Quote, this is a sore subject, but I feel it necessary to add to the gaming layoff news. 
Telltale laid most of us off in early September. The status of The Wolf Among Us 2, I can't say due to NDA. Now I focus on what matters to me, my own game, and following words. Games industry, we must unionize, end quote. Telltale will go on to confirm the news and had this to say. Quote, due to current marketing conditions, we regrettably had to let some of our Telltale team go recently. We did not take this action lightly, and our commitment to storytelling and finding new ways to do so remains the same. We are grateful to everyone for their dedication along this journey, and we are working to support everyone impacted. All projects currently in development are still in production, and we have no further updates at this time. Love, Telltale. End quote. I don't know what else we can say here, man, but uh, go ahead and give us your thought, Taylor. We've been talking about this kind of story for far too long and far too frequently, right? Man, constantly. It's been, what, the last month? Straight, it's been, hey, the studio is having layoffs. And here we here we are now. In September, they laid off employees at Telltale. We're just now figuring out about it. And again, as we always say on this show, we hope everyone involved lands on their feet as soon as possible. And the only thing I will also add to it is it sucks now, maybe. The, some at least some people will be able to find a job that will be a massive improvement. You know, sometimes that actually happens to where you leave a job you never thought you would, that you thought you would be there your whole life. You end up taking another job down the line, and that ends up being the job that you have the rest of your career. So, hopefully, that's the case for everyone. It sadly, the reality is it won't be for everyone, but we do hope everyone lands on their feet as soon as humanly possible. Um, in regards to Telltale here, the, man, this studio has been through it over the last few years. It really has. <laughs> oh, man. What are your thoughts on this? Man, it makes me kind of sad uh, because I don't, we don't like people losing their jobs. Uh, we, we, it's, it's, it's never easy to talk about these kind of things because it just sucks. You know, we want to be a fun podcast, but every now and again, you know, we still like have to be professional. We're, hey, this did happen. This is part of the news. Uh, and we don't really enjoy it. Uh, we'd rather, we'd rather talk about stories where we get angry at developers and publishers and like, <laughs> how dare you? Uh, why wasn't this game 60 frames? Why, why was this game delayed? Why did you cancel our game, Sega? You know, stuff like that. Like, those are way more fun. Uh, cause we do it, we do it lightly, but when it comes to stuff like this, you know, it's, it's harder for us to be likable, uh, cause we have to be like the bearance of bad news, but yeah, man, that's not, I don't think there's a whole lot you and I can say about this and you're right. Telltale games, man, as a company, as a studio, they just go through it. And it's like, it's like, it's like, uh, in, in Rocky, I forget which Rocky it was. When Rocky Bob Boy is just getting his ass beat and you just hear throwing the towels. It's like, man, maybe maybe for Telltale, maybe it is time. It was it Rocky Four? That was Rocky Four. Okay. Arguably the best Rocky movie, which it is, and one of the best movies of all time, but I digress. I mean, it still has to go against Rocky One and Two, but yeah, you know, whatever. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's time for Telltale, so darn near call it quits because i don't know how well their business model works uh with the whole hey you can buy you you, you can play the first uh episode free to kind of get you uh, attracted to the game and then we'll sell you the rest or it's like hey play the first one free and then just buy the season pass it's like i'm I'm buying the game don't call it a season pass because nowadays season pass means something completely different from when telltales first started doing it um so i don't know how well their business models work but man, at this point, Telltale needs to find a different way. They find a different way of doing things. Just make complete short games. Don't do this whole uh, episode one, two, three thing because that worked a few years ago because it was a cool little thing that we didn't see in the industry. But nowadays, now in the days of streaming and TikTok, and a lot of gamers already have short attention span. I, I don't think the whole model of 
and come back and play the game next week is going to work anymore. And that's like, oh, yeah, next week is going to be another game I actually want to play. Uh, just give me my game all at once right here, right now. So, man, yeah, it really sucks for Telltale. And it sucks even more for the employees. Yeah. Oh, man, but with that said, let's go ahead and get out of here. Taylor, what are you playing? Been playing some Starfield. As I talked about at the beginning of this show, I'm on like New Game Plus 3. I don't want to get into a lot of it because it is very spoiler heavy. And that also upsets me because I I have a friend who really wanted to play Starfield. And he played Starfield a lot the first week and a half. And he just, he got busy. And he has yet to go back to the game to complete it. And he's right there where the game changes. And a lot of spoilers come in. But I can't tell him anything. So whenever I'm like talking about it, like, yeah, man, I want a new game plus. He's like, Jesus, man, you've been playing it that much? No, not really. It's just, <laughs> it's complicated, okay? Just play the game. Like, find time. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for <laughs> you. Find time so I can talk about this game. I know. So I can selfishly tell you how great this game is. <laughs> uh, it's not perfect, though. I've had some bugs in the span of my playthrough. I think there's some things that they try to do with the story that doesn't fully work the way that I think they hoped it would. Especially in New Game Plus. Like, New Game Plus, I really like. I think it's a really ambitious idea. But it's it's like they go 80% when they should have went 100%. If you're going to go all oh, in, you know. And don't get me wrong. It's still really good. One of the better new game pluses I've played. Gosh darn it. Okay, yeah, I got it this weekend. You know, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to try to put everything aside. And this weekend, I'm going to try and play more Starfield. And, like, just, just focus completely on the uh, main missions. That's what I do. I would focus on the main, especially if you plan to do new game plus multiple. So what do you know about the game? You know, let's just go into spoilers. All right. The game's been out for about a month. Yeah. From what I remember, from where I left off, uh, I've made first contact with the alien species. I forget their name. The alien species that doesn't want us knowing about the artifacts. Uh, I fought a few of them as I continued to collect more of the mystery artifact pieces and I've been unlocking some of the uh, space powers that they give you, like the anti-gravity and stuff like that. Okay, so you're not at a part where I can talk to you about this. Okay, uh, that's unfortunate. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I will say, talking about the powers, I have seen some complaints about the powers. Like, oh, only the anti-gravity and personal atmosphere that gives you all of your oxygen back without it going away. Those are the only two you need. I agree. Like Those are the only two I think you need. But there's some I actually really enjoy. Like Supernova, I think is a fun power. I think Gravity Dash is very helpful in the temples when getting the power. Um, life Force, where you're just draining the life from enemies. It makes me feel like a Sith. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But uh, it's there's some really fun. I found myself in the playthrough I'm on, just equipping powers to my favorites, and that's mostly what I do. Like I still have a weapon, but I'm finding myself like, all right, you know what? This is, and I think that's what Bethesda was going for. Like at a certain point, you are supposed to feel like you are a god among ants. Like those are the powers you have. And I think they nailed it. Like the game's supposed to be hard early and easier down the line. Okay, wow. Well, I I kind of with the atmosphere power, um, the uh, life draining power. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. What sucks is I don't, I don't think you ever run out of temples to go to, because you'll just Wait, be what? upgrading. Well, you have a finite amount of powers, but you'll be upgrading huh. the powers. Instead of uh -huh. just getting new ones. Which kind of annoyed me, though, because I hate that little minigame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I found I was like, okay, I got five more temples left. And then it goes, <laughs> go to Vladimir <laughs> to find more temples. What? <laughs> oh, you know, it reminds me of uh, 
was it Fallout three three no Fallout four where you kept getting these missions like hey there's somebody at this place that needs your help hey you're a raider go and do this hey welcome to that's like oh my gosh dude how many people need help around here I think that's what annoys me more than anything this is just a problem in RPG games to me like just once I would love a story. To whereas you are not the one who has to do everything. I know that's the point and that's the fun. <laughs> but there's something about like me going through some like a mission here and being like, Why don't y'all do it? I've done everything so far and I feel like I should be the leader of this group. But somehow I'm like the fourth in line and that pisses me off. Like, if I'm doing everything, I'm also calling shots. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, w- I would love for CD Projekt Red or Bethesda or some developer to make it to where, like, okay, you can rise through the ranks of a faction. And if you do everything the way that the RPG games usually tell you to do, then yeah. you could actually depose the leader. Like, how cool would it be? Have you done a Crimson Fleet mission? With Delgado and the UC Sistef? Uh, have you done the UC Colony, like the Vanguard? No, I I, I was almost recruited into the Vanguard, but I okay. skipped it. So the leader of the pirates, his name is Delgado, right? And you're brought on okay. to do a mission where, and this is just very minor spoilers, there's just two entries to the mission. It's either you can voluntarily join the mission through the Vanguard, or you have a bounty and you get arrested by UC Sistef. It's a faction in the game. And they'll basically blackmail you into helping them. It's basically Fast and Furious at that point. Like you're the the cop going in to infiltrate the street gang. But the street gang being the pirates. And you can choose to help out the pirates. Help out Sistef. And a lot of the time for the pirates, you're just doing everything. Which I don't have a problem with. But at the same time, at the end of it, it would have been a really cool thing to do. To be like, you know what? I'm betraying everybody. I'm taking out Delgado. I'm going to betray UC Sistef. Not, like, kill the whole station, but just, like, break free from him. And I'm going to be the leader of the Crimson Fleet. Like, that would have been really cool. And I've yet to see an RPG game along the lines of a Cyberpunk, a Fallout, Starfield, you name it, that has let you do something of that magnitude. Mm, that would be actually kind of fun, because I have that thought when I play RPGs all the time. It's like, look, man, you guys have been operating for, you said, 100 years. Now, all of a sudden, you can't like go to the village next door and help? <laughs> it feels like until I got here, you were doing nothing. And now, if I left, you guys yeah, would continue yeah. to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels so weird. Uh, but as for myself, I have been playing uh, a couple of things myself. One game I can't talk about because I've, I've signed an NDA. Uh, so, unfortunately, I can't talk about that. But I've also been playing uh, a game in early access called... But actually, it's not, it hasn't been released yet. It's called uh, Fellowship. Um, that game is actually pretty cool. I've also been playing Elemental Survivors, which I've talked about in our last podcast, I think last week. Uh, I've talked about that. Both of them are doing the uh, Vampire Survivors thing. It's still kind of fun. Fellowship needs some work on it. But I can't wait to talk about more of that when it gets close to completion. I've also been playing a game called uh, Slaughter, The Last Outpost. It's a game that was sent to me by uh, one person in the dev team. Is a game that was released on mobile and now it's being released on Steam. Uh, and all honesty, it's not very good. It's it, it 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 feels too old school for its own good. You remember those old uh, 360 PS3 games that felt like they were cheaply made and just sent out because a small company wanted to get a game out there uh, oh, to man. where certain things just didn't feel right, didn't work. What a time! Yeah, slaughter slaughter. Yeah, it, it was a good time, but also a bad time, but also a good time, but also a bad time. It's a nostalgic time, okay? It's not good. It's, 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 yeah, it's nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, uh, Slaughter feels like one of those games that you would have found in the Walmart bargain bin for like 10 to 20 bucks. 
Um, you see, kids, back in the day, <laughs> man, we were old. Walmart used to have like these bins that they would put cheaply made uh, games from companies you've never heard of that had all kinds of shovelware on the PS3, 360, especially the Wii. Uh, and this feels like if those days would ever come back, Slaughter would definitely be in that bin. Uh, but it's not a expensive game, if I remember correctly. It, it's actually well-priced. Uh, hold on, give me a second. Let me take a quick look at it. It came out in September 20, It came out September 25th. It's only $5 on Steam. So for $5, yeah. Yeah, I, I, if, if, you, if you miss those old days where you, you miss those old, cheap, janky games... Yeah, this game would definitely scratch that itch you didn't know you want scratched. Uh, but other than that, if you are looking for like games that work, that has pretty graphics, um, I don't recommend Slaughterhouse because there's something about it. I can't put my finger on it, but it's just something so old school about it. And, you know, something that uh, Taylor could definitely vouch for those old games to where it just feels like it shouldn't exist. Like, <laughs> like it's a, it's definitely a budget game where some of the shooting feels strange. The characters, they move awkward. Uh, it just feels like, it feels like somebody made their first video game and was so proud of it. They released it. And you know what? I'm not mad about this game. I'm, I, I'll still play it, but in all honesty, I cannot give it like a good shiny recommendation. Only if you are one of those people who miss those old, janky budget games, Slaughterhouse will help you. I mean, Slaughter, the Lost Outpost, would definitely help you scratch that itch. But uh, yeah, man, that's what I've been playing. Well, Michael, let's get out of here, man. What are you working on, and where can the people find you? I am actually working on a couple of things. Uh, gotta finish this video for Slaughter, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be streaming on twitch at fox daddy that's f zero x d a d d y and uh i'm gonna be streaming a few of these old old school kind of games these indie games on there and you can also find me on x aka twitter at m underscore m o s l e y underscore j r and what about you taylor what are you working on and where can we find you i'm not working on too much outside of these podcasts i am working on a very interesting idea for Nerds Top Movies. It'll be at the end of the year. And ideally. It'll involve the entire TNS Network team. So a bit of a tease. Don't know how I would actually edit that. Because that's a lot of people. Uh, on the panel. <laughs> but. I. I'm very hopeful about it. It sounds like. In the concept of what I came up with. It's interesting I think. But we'll have to see if it ends up coming to fruition. Um, as for where people can find me, you can find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this episode. Also, we do have a Patreon. We're not locking any content permanently behind a paywall. It's just a purely optional thing. Hopefully there's some cool uh, rewards for people who do uh, end up uh, subscribing to us over there. But regardless, if you are a patron or if you just listen to us, we appreciate you. Um, we don't know how you do it, to be honest, but we do appreciate you. <laughs> Lastly, be sure to check out thenerdstash.com for all sorts of news in the world of gaming, movies, television, and so much more. I think I said this last week, but if not, we have a new site design. A complete redesign of the nerdstash.com. It looks beautiful. It looks great. Respectfully, of course. It looks gorgeous. Uh, so be sure to check it out. All for the yourselves. respects. I want to thank Michael for joining me. I want to thank anyone for listening in. 